Yo, yo, what's up, guys? Hello, hello. Thank you for joining us. We are live at the Paris Motor Show 2018. For a lovely special edition. Special, special. Of the Gestalten podcast. Uh, and uh, we want to give you a hands-on first review on yep. what we have seen over the past couple of days. Yep. Um, we are just at the end, almost at the end of the, first, the second day of the show. Yes, and uh, we've been wandering around all day yesterday. And, and today, in fairness, we could have probably done this show in half a day. It's, pretty much. It's that small. And um, there aren't that many new cars on show here today or yesterday. Um, no new unveils um, that are really, really worth any type of importance. Now, it's a shame because, for example, that BMW 3 Series is a really, really important car for BMW. From a design perspective, it's unfortunately nothing to write home about. Um, so, you know, it, there's been some disappointments. There's been some really um, big, like not big surprises, but some surprises as well unveiled in these last uh, few days, particularly yesterday. Um, and uh, yeah, I mean, let's, let's just talk about some, some highlights here at the show. Um, I, think, I think it's important, obviously, to note, first off, that Paris isn't usually this quiet. Um, Used to be quite big back in yeah, the day, you like know, you know, a few years ago still. Well, now, unfortunately, 14 manufacturers have decided to sit out the show this year, which makes it quite compact um, from a walking around perspective, therefore quite manageable. Um, you can walk around the show in a half a day and pretty much see everything, but then at the same time, it's a bit sad because there are some empty spaces or, you know, spaces that are being filled by suppliers where there used to be um, OEM manufacturers like Ford and Volkswagen, for example. Exactly, and uh, let's be let's be honest. Like what we really liked about the show so far is, yes, it is very very compact. That's not really the problem, and you know we can kind of go along with that. What we really liked is we always bump into people. Oh yeah, you know that was the super nice part about this year, um, because we only had a very very few amount of highlights. Mm. The people were gathering around them. Uh, we you know we saw a lot of people, a lot of people from the design community, of course, being around here. Uh, it doesn't matter if you know their companies are showing something or if they just come here for fun. So uh, one has to say this was a really really cool part of the Paris show is that we saw a lot of people and that. Uh, you know, we we also got a little bit of feedback from the for a podcast, which was really really yeah, nice. Yeah. But uh, the 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 real big star of the show was, of course, the uh, Peugeot e legend. There was no doubt about it. I oh, think. absolutely, absolutely. I mean, you know, just to kind of second what you've just said, um, walking around the show and talking to people is always great. I mean, no one really needs an excuse to come to Paris, right? But um, it's it's always really nice to talk to people and to see everyone walking around. But I think unanimously, you know, it was. Um, you know, the star of the show was definitely the uh, the Peugeot e Legend concept coming from Gilles Vidal's team, and uh, indeed Matthias uh, Hassan, who is head of uh, concept car design over there at um, at Peugeot. I mean, there's so many things to talk about on that car. It's just there's so many little details to discover so many things that you know when you look at the car there's a first read which is something quite simple and quite um, you know romantic about it seeing as it does reference um, you know a Penanfarina design from uh, from 1969 and you know a heyday of automotive design but it does so in a very resolutely modern way yeah <clears> and we me. I think you know, we had a lot of these kind of conversations in the beginning with uh, comparing it to the Nissan IDX, which came out a few years ago as a concept and never really made it into production. And 
investigating it a little bit further and like you know actually like you know being able to look inside in detail um, yeah you know you could say there are some clues and some things that are very very similar to it but at the same time um, the interior is I think what really really stands out I mean the exterior is you know it's well done mm. um, the details are quite nice but when we talk about this car and I think what we will remember from it is the interior because there's so many details there's so astonishingly well executed mm -hmm. there is nothing wrong about this whole thing I mean you know, everybody you spoke to or like you know we spoke to as a, as yeah. a uh, you know as a, as a team they all said like the interior is incredible um, there is obviously like you know you can you can like the the, the, the trims pretty much with mm. the, the velour trims and all these things but um, just the whole over you know the, the whole idea of the interior is absolutely fantastic and Uh, absolutely well done to uh, to Peugeot and uh, yeah. Jill's team for for that because that that really what stole the show. I don't think it was the the exterior. I think it was really the interior. Well, I, I, I would argue that it was a combination of both. I mean, look, when I I was I was the first to jump on that kind of bandwagon. I mean, the the IDX, you know, uh, you know it's, is well familiar to the both of us. We know its designer quite well. Um, and 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 when I saw that car, it immediately smacked. To um, you know, re reminded me of the IDX because it was fresh in my mind from five years back. It was a, a big disappointment as well to me that Nissan never pursued um, you know building that. I think there was a missed opportunity. But if you look at um, you know some other cars that were created by Lancia by uh, other makes during that period, um, there is a lot of similarity in terms of typology now mm -hmm. judging from photos is never a good thing because like you know when you're when you're close to a vehicle and you see something in person forget about out in natural light and and moving because that's really the the setting that a a vehicle should be experienced but just to see this car in person on the stand there are so many sublime details to the exterior that are not readily apparent in photos or in video um, the video that I've seen anyway so it's um you know it's it was really full of surprises and I think that's that's what I love about the car the exterior design is really great it's definitely pointing towards a new kind of surface treatment for the brands that they're going to push hopefully forward. hopefully according to Gilles Vidal it, it is that is uh, what you know he told me so I'm, I'm really looking forward to um, seeing kind of the next steps for for Peugeot um, at the same time you know this is a, a concept like you said where the interior is as brilliant if not more than the exterior because like there's so many cool things going on inside I mean I love the I love the uh, juxtaposition of different colors and materials for yeah. example um, you know you've got wood you've got these really technical screens all over the place but it's not in your face it's not like overly present where it dominates the environment it's very very plush as well thanks to yeah. the velvet which we're seeing a lot in in uh, you know homes and, and and furniture design coming back so it's it makes reference to the past but again in a very very modern and contemporary way and I think was uh, definitely the star of the show from in, that in, indeed and it is you know it, it's a great kind of concept car of the show because it is very French mm -hmm. you know and um, And I, and I think you know, there's not really much more to say. It was just no, absolutely great. No. You know, yeah, yeah. we all enjoyed it, and um, it was clearly like the runaway winner. I would say, yes, even though there were yes. a bunch of other things that we we, we did like, yeah. and uh, I would I would say one I was really surprised of was the uh, the Skoda the Skoda oh, yeah. uh, Vision RS concept. Yes, uh, was actually really really cool, and um, you know, 
it had a little bit of the feeling this is what the new GTI should be like. Yeah, well, it's it's basically. I mean, Skoda's doing so well. Um, you know, across the board, selling great designs are looking fabulous. Um, I think it's it's really coming into its own, and it has you know under Joseph Caban, really it, it became quite a significant player within the Volkswagen Group. I mean, it's important to know also that in terms of you know. Um, just revenue it is a cash cow for Volkswagen it's the second most successful brand under Audi for the entire Volkswagen group um, in terms of revenue generation so obviously um, you know the Volkswagen group and the people in higher up positions are realizing um, how how important this brand is and they've essentially allowed it to create a competitor to the Golf um, now that is quite significant in its own right um, you know, it, but then again, it also, whilst this concept is, it looks very near production, right? Yeah. Um, there are some extremely um, interesting elements where, for example, like, you know, the interior being made from vegan, it's very forward looking. Yeah. yeah. Um, but then, you know, from an aesthetic perspective, it's also quite appealing. Um, and I hope they don't stray too far from, you know, this, of course, still has the concept car moniker. Sure. Um, you know, the seats, for example, probably won't make it into production as they look now with this um, you know fantastic frame um, so there's certain elements that we may un- may unfortunately you know not make it in cost cutting whatever you know whatever it may be but the fact that they are building something like this and the uh, the vision for the brand uh, I think is quite strong so yeah it's very very appealing that car and very surprising as well I think in, in terms of the, uh, the the context and um you know, moving moving on a little bit in terms of context, we have uh, Renault celebrating the 120th uh, anniversary this yes. year, and um, they uh, they were here in Paris with pretty much a range mm. of their concept cars. So we had the Easy Pro, uh, we had the Easy Go as yes. well, and now we've seen the Easy Ultimo. Right. Yes, yeah, so, <laughs> we have this old joke around here. Um, <laughs> No, it's interesting. We're, we're, we're not so sure about the Easy Ultimo, uh, to be very, very honest. No, I mean, look, I think in terms of celebrating our 120-year anniversary, you know, on the stand itself, they had some seriously old cars, maybe even Renault's first car. They had a, a, a very significant product for the brand, which was the Renault 5. And all in between, basically, that, uh, the rest of the show stand was taken up by this very future-looking, um, uh, you know, concepts for the Renault brand, so all the ones that you've just mentioned, basically taking up the majority of space on the stand, and then on either side kind of peppered by these production cars that you're available to buy. So I think from a stand design perspective, it was quite nice over there at Renault. Now, what I don't like about the, there are a lot of things that I do like about the Easy Ultimo, right? Let's not get it wrong, the name, not one of them, but I think it's interesting um, to show kind of where Renault could go potentially in the luxury space. Now, what what bothers me is that it kind of it, it's against the the company's um, you know that's not really what Renault isn't does not stand for luxury. Um, I don't think it ever you know that's not it's so it's it's against the kind of um, what the values of the company are in my opinion. Yeah. So, but at the same time, it creates this. It's showing this bandwidth. So with the Easy Go, it was very much a public transportation vehicle. Now you're seeing the other end of the spectrum, which is this Easy Ultimo, which is yeah. a three-passenger car on the exact same platform, yeah. so the same wheelbase, essentially the same length and width, but extremely low, 
you're basically sitting on the ground, so ingress egress to this thing is quite limited. Um, you know, and and it's but and it looks like a luxury hotel room in the interior, minus the television. Or as some other people have said, it looks like a, a moving casket as well. It could. Uh, yeah. <laughs> well, yeah. No, but I, I think the the problem about the whole thing is just like you know we were that was actually the first time for us we were talking about the Easy Pro. Mm. This was the first time we saw the Easy Pro. They had one over here which was pretty much a rolling and actually fully functional. Uh, cafe, yeah, um, and when you see that, you know, it, it fits exactly what Renault is kind of like, and it's kind of what they represent as mm -hmm. a brand as well. It's you know, it's not too posh. It's really something that is quite functional, uh, especially wandering around here in Paris. You know, we see loads of them that have these little like you know, they, let's say they have some dashes and like you know, like they bump into each other and <laughs> the fender benders and everything. So, but but that's part of Renault as well, you know, and uh, and then you see this kind of Ultimo thing. And um, it didn't really fit 100% for me, unfortunately, no. especially compared to the other ones. And uh, the uh, the Easy Pro, by far the best one. Easy Go was quite nice as well. We saw that uh, some time ago already. Yes. But um, it, yeah, it's like it, it was it was not 100% the greatest thing. Uh, no, that I mean, seen here. I, there there were some appealing design elements. You know, like I like the way that Renault across this Easy range actually is treating the lighting, where they it's it's kind of like almost like a encapsulation of the main body so on the you know you've got especially on the uh, easy pro and easy uh, go you've got these kind of separate pods and then the lamps kind of acting as clamps so it's kind of like a safety reinforcement thing to the entire um, I don't you know we've talked about the way that they enclose the wheels um, that you know you're not particularly fond of that I know um, I think it's 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 interesting you know I mean there is a family th identity thing going on there but I did really like the easy pro definitely yeah. um, in terms of you know showing what a potentially uh, fully autonomous vehicle could do for uh, some mobile businesses um, and in the sense like you know coffee shop yeah. they had another one that was a delivery vehicle as well both of which were shown at Hanover um, um, or I think it was late last month so yeah. um, that was really um, a, a, an interesting one the easy um, the easy Ultimo is, um, you know, again, there's some interesting treatments, um, particularly to the DLO, the way that it's covered. I like the interior, you know, in that it's it's high luxury and and it's actually devoid of screens. It must be said, it's a purely analog yeah. uh, space. Um, so you know, you can actually mess around with a personalized iPad within there, and there are there is a way for information to be displayed on the front windscreen, for example, from within the vehicle. But otherwise, um, you know, it's, it's purely analog. So it's kind of like a way of... Back make, to the roots. Yeah, getting people say. back together, um, talking, instead of sitting across the table one another at dinner with each of you looking at your cell phones type thing. Yeah. So it's, uh, it, it was interesting from that perspective. All right, let's move on. Yep. We are... Very, very close to one of the one of our favorite spots actually here in Paris, which is Ferrari. Ah, yes. And we had a lovely conversation yesterday with Flavio Manzoni. Yeah. And he was very, very kind to give us a very, very good overview of the Monza SP1 and SP2. Yes. We had a very, very heated discussion with it, which one is better. <laughs> and um, we have to say, we saw it on pictures. We thought it was beautiful on pictures. When you see it in real life. My God, that surfacing is really, 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 really beautiful. I mean, we spoke to some of other people, uh, also from sports car manufacturers. They were standing right next to us. And 
the simplicity of the car, the sheer, like, just, just the beauty, as mentioned, the surfacing, the, uh, it's just purely back to the roots, almost like Ferrari, and um, we didn't expect it to be that good even in the flesh from what we saw in the pictures. Yeah. Uh, the pictures were great already. SP1, yeah. SP2. I yeah. mean, you know, Eric, what, what, it's, it's, one or two? Like, it's, which, it's one, very, which one are you going to take? It's very sensual. Now, initially, I was like, you know, everybody wants company, I think. Um, you know, when you're traveling around, it's quite nice to have that passenger seat, even if you don't use it. Um, you know, to know that it's there, to know that someone can join you in on the journey. It's about sharing. Now, Flavio Manzoni really likes the Egoista, which is the selfish one and the single seat one. And I must say, the colorways on that car are brilliant. Um, but again, you know, these cars are, you know, very uh, unique, limited edition vehicles already spoken for. I think either one you can go for um, and you, you know, the, the colorways, for example, you can, you can personalize this to your heart's content. And, um, you know, it's, it's really the way that people are moving. Uh, in, in, let, let's face it, I mean, Ferrari led the game in terms of creating these highly bespoke one-offs. Then um, Lamborghini joined in and, you know, Aston Martin as well. Now, there's a lot of companies offering this, especially at the high end. That's, that's really the, um, the, the epitome of luxury, you know, as Rolls-Royce did with the one-off swept tail. Yeah. But from a surfacing perspective, it's really lovely to see Ferrari returning to purity. This is elegance. This is really like controlled, very emotional, very voluptuous and sensual um, surfacing. And I think it's really, really well done. And seeing these cars in person is uh, is really yeah definitely um, was worthwhile. <laughs> yeah. Um, and and I, I you know which one do I like? I like the one that you can have, you know, take someone along for the ride in. Um, but you know I. I like them both, <laughs> you know, I, I, and I really like the colorways of the SP1C in that car in the flesh as well. Um, but yeah, it's 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 a great project that they that they embarked upon, and it's, and it's also great to see them returning to this very subtle, like you know, simple kind of purity. Um, and uh, I think we're going to see more of that coming uh, out of Ferrari. Um, you know, blending it in with modern elements, for example, like the, the, the light band at the rear, you know, the very modern lamps, you know, yeah. it, it's not entirely kind of like, you know, bringing it back to whatever, like the 60s and, you know, Ferrari design, but um, it's, it's, it's very modern, but again, very pure. And I think it's, yeah. I think it's very, very well done. Yeah, well done to Flavio and the team. Yes, and um, most uh, before before we before we start talking about, I mean, you mentioned the BMW already. Before we start talking about some things that we didn't like, maybe that we missed as well. A mm. uh, quick couple of shout-outs as well. We saw actually um, a couple of Pebble Beach cars around here, which was the oh, Silver yeah. Arrow um, from Mercedes, the EQ Silver Arrow, as well as the uh, Audi PB18. Uh, is it is it just that? I think it's just no. That. The Devo uh, is right behind you. Uh, and um, so Bugatti Devo as well. The, 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 so Devo, the Devo's around here as well. If so, yeah. you missed anything, if you missed going to Pebble Beach, just get on a plane and come to Paris. <laughs> They're all here. <laughs> Everything that was uh, shown, minus the Infinity, but all the German manufacturers have brought their Pebble Beach uh, star show cars. And um, they're all here. Yep. So, uh, you know, obviously what, what Martin just uh, just highlighted, um, you know, it's it's nice to see them in this environment. It's a bit different than seeing them. For example, the Silver Arrow, 
um, you know, looks quite nice on the on the display, as does the um, the the PB18 from Audi. Um, it's 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 a different um, setting. Um, I, I prefer seeing them out in the open, but it's better not to see them on grass. So Audi's on this kind of like fake racetrack kind of yeah. thing, which looks cool. Um, you know, and the Bugatti isn't in as flashy of a display, unfortunately. Um, but you know, it's uh, it's nice to see them yeah. again. Um, you know, and, and the fact that these cars took for a, a, a lot of time and effort and money really to develop. Yeah. Um, they really should be making the rounds, <laughs> um, so it's it's good to see them yeah. here. So let's talk a little bit about the downside of the show. Yeah, and I want to start with something that is literally just you know opposite of where we're sitting at the moment, um, which is the lack of Infinity Nissan. I would like to say mm. um, there's this really weird thing. Uh, we were asking a few people at Renault, and it's like, oh, so where's this Infinity car that you know was teased on Instagram and everything? Mm. And there's like, yeah, Infinity's not here, Nissan's not here. Like, you know, I don't know what you're looking for. And then we found pretty much a little stand of Infinity, which was run by a dealer. Is it? Um, from what we know, at least. Right. And um, they are showing this special edition that was designed in London by Matt Weaver and the team, yeah. which is called the Infinity uh, Project, Project Black S. Yes. Yeah? Which is actually really, really cool, yeah. but it's an utter disappointment the way it's, uh, the way it's shown, because it's, it's, it, it, you know, it's somewhere off uh, at the end of the, at the end of hole one. And, you know, people just pass by it because it's right in the middle of the Maseratis and the Lamborghinis and all of the production cars. Yeah. There's nothing special here, and the people think this is just like, you know, a tuned up, uh, version that has nothing to do with Infinity whatsoever, and that's really just a, a big disappointment because the car is pretty cool. It is. It is unfortunate. I mean, sometimes things like this happen. It's a shame that it isn't uh, being represented. You know, if you don't know what it is, you wouldn't think about it or give it a second look. You just walk right by, thinking exactly what Martin said, is that it's some aftermarket tuner thing, not something that you could actually buy from a dealer. Now, um, yeah, I think it's quite nice. Yes, it's uh, it's interesting to see. I like the colorways on that car. I like what they're doing with the yellow bits. Yeah. Not many other manufacturers are. We have to say that the stitching is mainly yellow. There's like little details that are, you know, uh, colored in, in, in a very very neon yellow mm. uh, color, and it's. It, 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 it's really like if, if you would put it into like the show stand like he has right next to it if you would put it onto a proper show stand I think it would stand out but like this it really looks like um, yeah. a cheap aftermarket uh, yeah. when you go to uh, Geneva and you go to this one hall like where, where, where all the aftermarket parts are yeah no I yeah. mean like you said it's a shame because yeah. it's a competitor to uh, Mercedes's AMG brand and BMW's M so it's you know uh, it's showing that you know Infinity is actually taking uh, their their performance credentials you know not just throwing and slapping their name on some formula yeah. cars but actually doing um, something uh, which will equate hopefully to performance um, but it's yeah it's a shame the way the car is displayed yeah. in the end. So talking about a little bit of shame you already mentioned the BMW 3 Series yeah and the way this is actually presented was we were not really impressed by the whole thing. I mean, the BMW stand itself, there was nothing new. Uh, they showed the iX3 again, which was already terrible back in China when they first showed it. It's yep. still terrible now. Um, and they are just not pushing in the right direction. I mean, it's, it's, really, it's really sad. It could have been much better. And also adding on top of that, from my perspective, I think Mercedes 
could have done a little bit better as well. Mm. Um, I think some of the stuff that they've shown were actually quite cool. Um, still not so 100% sure about the uh, EQC, I think it's called. Mm-hmm. Yeah, is it that one? Yeah. Um, but also, I would say Audi was a little bit disappointing in terms of the cars that they have shown. It seemed all very, very crammed. And I would say, like, you know, probably the biggest downfall for me was a little bit of the show design or like the, the show stand design. Absolutely. Everything is crammed, everything has to be put in one place. Um, it's not really like an enjoyable walk yeah. around uh, it's just like it's too much no you know I, I agree with you I mean this let's not forget this venue is actually quite vast there are seven halls here um, not all of which are being used certainly not by manufacturers some have suppliers in there I, but I agree with you entirely it seems like manufacturers have certainly saved or skimped on uh, on uh, you know show stand design and uh, you know you can see it everywhere yeah. um, and you know and, and, and it's a shame because the way that cars are or you know, products, new products are shown, um, really does say a lot about the story um, of those new cars. And so, I mean, I, I really actually quite liked the new A1. Um, I, I think you know the Audi, um, the little car is actually growing up, and um, you know it uh, it looks more masculine. It's, uh, you know, I think it's it's a nice uh, new addition, um, definitely better than the outgoing model. Yeah. Um, Mercedes-Benz, yeah, I mean, you know, it's the layout of these stands, unfortunately, was not great. You know, they had the new smart concept yesterday over in the corner. People walked by it, didn't even see it. It was like, and it's quite compact, but that's not an excuse. Yeah. Um, I and by the way, just just to add that, it was actually a nice car. It was not yeah. bad. Like there were some really really cool details in that. Should have probably added that on earlier. Yeah. But yeah, um, yeah. Uh, that was uh, that was actually very very nice. And um, it's it's an interesting it's an interesting car. I mean, it's uh, you know, I don't know. I mean, it, it does reference certain vehicles in uh, you know Saab's history. And I mean, let's not forget you know. Smart is hugely successful here in Paris and in urban city environments like this because of its compact nature. And this is just another kind of way to show that, you know, the brand's been around for a while. Um, It is ideally suited to these urban environments like Paris. And um, it's just a a little fun bit of fun as well to to remember these uh, former vehicles that they've produced that were also little convertibles. But um, yeah, I mean, in terms of stand design, you know, there, there's, it's, it's lacking some, uh, which is a shame. Yeah. In terms of manufacturers, um, it's lacking some, which is a shame. So, you know, Paris isn't what it was, um, unfortunately. And uh, I think, you know, it's just kind of a, a further uh, reinforces kind of the conversation that we were having before in terms of the traditional motor show and the fact that, you know, it's becoming increasingly kind of um, irrelevant, yeah. you know, in in this space. So yeah. let's 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 hope it will survive, and that we're going to be come back in two years' time. Yes. But just to wrap this up, short podcast today, um, yep. because we, we we have a little bit of time pressure as well. We have to get back. Yep. But um, trains to catch. Uh, trains to catch, <laughs> indeed. Um, Eric, give me give me your 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 best car of the show. Uh, uh, my best car, obviously, is the the Peugeot E Legend, hands down. Um, I spent quite a bit of time looking at it, spent quite a bit of time speaking to the designers of it, and um, yeah, I just love the story. Cool. So I, I would agree, but I want to I wanna say something else. I'm going to take the SP2, uh, mm. the Ferrari Monza SP2. Great car, blew me away. 
uh, and it's going in production. Four hundred ninety nine will be made. So I'm I'm a big production fan. So uh, <laughs> let's do it. But in 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 that kind of sense, thanks for listening to us. Special edition. We will be back. Maybe next week, maybe the week after. We'll see what yes. we, what, 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 what's going to happen. Um, but yeah, thanks for listening as always uh, to the Gestalten podcast. And this was the very special edition of the Paris Motor Show. And we hope you enjoyed it as much as we did. Thanks, guys. Take care. Speak soon. Bye. Bye-bye. <laughs>